Today, Elizabeth Warren pledged to bypass Congress and cancel all student debt on her first day as president. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Yes, it's incredible. As, yeah, as a result, as a result, she is polling number one with philosophy majors. That's a good joke, and yeah. uh, the crowd just got ha, ha, ha. no, no. He's 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 mocking all of you who cheered. He's making a point. Yeah, he's making a point. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, though. Those youngsters who are looking at their bills and thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? They have a fair amount of my sympathy because they are they are on the receiving end of a gigantic for-profit public-private cooperation in fraud. Still not my fault. In fraud. I'm paying taxes. Oh, no. Still not my fault. Oh, I didn't say that. I ain't so seen figure it. out a way that doesn't Don't include taking some of my money to fix a problem somebody else created. Jack, compelling new evidence suggests your cat might eat your corpse. Stay with us. Well, of course it would. And and I'm not using it. And that's fine. One of my favorite sayings on that topic, C.S. Lewis, you do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. I think that's a good way of looking at humanity. Jerry Lewis said that? C.S. Lewis said that. Why in the Witch in the Wardrobe? Jerry Off, Lee Lewis? No. <laughs> whole lot of shaking the going on? Wood Papers, uh, <laughs> On Christianity. What was his uh, his most famous book? You know this. You read books with words and stuff. Mere Christianity. That's it. Yeah, thank might you. Might be his most famous. Oh, speaking of uh, the body and the soul, I uh, went out to play the first nine holes of golf after my surgery less than two months ago. Brand new hip with my friends. Uh, that nine holes turned into 18. Played wow. 18. Feeling pretty good. A little sore, a little stiff, but I'm fine. Two months? No damage done. Less than two months. Wow. It's about a week under two months. Yeah. It was good. I played like hell, but, <laughs> well, you know, you're going to. So I, the, the state of American medical science, if you can afford it, is pretty awe-inspiring. Particularly, you know, if you see Dr. Sauce, who's my guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dr. Sauce. He's got the Isn't sauce. is a DJ? He, he does afternoons on this yeah, station, doesn't yeah. he? Oh, and he's not uh, doing orthopedic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Gives away $1,000 every Friday afternoon. Nice you know caller. The... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not just any caller. I think you, know the, you need to know the phrase that pays. I don't think that's the key. <laughs> there are phrases oh, that pay, and there are phrases that don't pay. No, some phrases are totally free. Can I have the money? That's not the phrase nope, that pays. Nope, nope, wrong phrase. Your cat might eat your corpse. Stay with us. Oh, we played that uh, joke about Elizabeth Warren, who is swinging for the fences. Mark Halperin kind of said that earlier when we talked to him, uh, that Elizabeth Warren is desperate yep. and, 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 and trying to pick fights with Bernie and, and saying, I'm going to eliminate college student loan debt on day one, which is impossible. I was surprised that didn't come. Did that come up in the debate? If it did, I missed it. And I watched a lot of the debate. How did that not come up? Well, I know the moderates on several occasions, and I know this by reading because I just couldn't watch it. Um, a lot of the, the the pie in the sky proposals by Liz and Bernie and others, the moderates said, "Look, you just can't do that." Yeah, in general terms, but why not that one specifically? Oh, it's it was explained to us earlier. The caucus system is unique, and that you need to be everybody's second choice, right? And you don't want to piss people off by saying your candidate's a liar. I mean, they're just lying to you, right? That is not even possible on any level. Well, you, that's not going to help you be somebody's second choice. So. Right. Um, but so David French is a guy who writes for The Dispatch now, which is a new publication that's out. If you like politics, I think it's pretty good. They recommend the new album from, what's his name? I have it right here. The new Nathaniel Ratliff album. They said the first song they listened to 30 times yesterday. Really? So if you're into Nathaniel Ratliff, check it out. I love his band, man. Yeah. The Night Sweats, right? Right. 
they also do uh, a lot of politics in, a diff- in addition to all that sort of stuff that they threw Nathaniel in. Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, too? No, the Dispatch. <laughs> oh. So they'll mention something that happened with baseball and something that happened with music and then lots of politics. And it's a pretty cool website. I'm not getting paid for anything. It just, just scratches me where I itch. But anyway, David French for, writes for him, and he's a Christian guy, and he's got a special thing that he writes on Sundays that has to do with religion. He wrote this last week, and I thought it was pretty recent, or pretty good. There's me reading while I'm talking. Here we go. This Friday, I was at a small gathering of Christian men and women and heard a story that stopped me short. One of the attendees was a Christian businessman who employed mainly working-class young men. When he had spoken to his workers about their holiday plans, a full fourth of the men he talked to didn't have any plans at all. Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's Day was just another day to them. They'd go home, watch television, play video games, and drink all by themselves. I personally know a handful of people who did that. Right. For smoked pot or whatever. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and, and are perfectly happy with it. Um, but it is interesting, because that's not what used to happen not that very long ago. As soon as he said those words, I thought of a chart from 2017 that came from Senator Mike Lee's Invaluable Social Capital Project. I'm unaware of this. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Mike Lee did this thing. I'm scanning uh, my memory banks. I don't recall it. It should transform the way you think about America's epidemic of deaths of despair. It represents the Democrats or the demographics of overdoses. And it's a slideshow, and it's a pretty cool graph, an interactive graph, but... Um, it's explained here since you're uh, listening on the radio. As the slides progress, you notice a few things immediately. Men overdose far more than women. Single men overdose more than married men. And single men with only a high school education or GED overdose at a simply staggering rate. That rate is horrifying regardless of whether a person was single or never married or single and divorced. Although, for some reason, people who are widowed, it's much lower. Yeah. I could philosophize about that, but I don't want to distract from the main bone of the argument. Yeah, well, then he gets into the obvious, uh, you know, the obvious takeaway from that is you got this group of people that are that are a big chunk of the deaths of despair. And, uh, you know, what we do about that and how society has changed. And because he's a Christian, he was going at it from the policy of what the churches can do and how um, I need to attack it from that end. But I I just I find it interesting that. just the breakdown of traditions, family traditions, the the idea that, no, I'm not going to be part of a family Thanksgiving, hanging out with a bunch of people, um, you know, maybe cooking a dish, mm-hmm. watching a football game. I'm, I'm going to be by myself, playing video games in my room, having a drink or smoking pot, and uh, and perfectly happy with it. And those people are killing themselves at extraordinary rates. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I understand what you mean by perfectly happy with it. Well, you're obviously not perfectly happy. You're killing it, yourself. There. Yeah, it it is your choice. It's your first choice. But you seem happy with it, right? You think you're happy, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it gets back to the thing I was saying earlier about everything costs roughly what it's worth. And and listen, as an introvert, trust me, I, I believe this. Humans are hard. <laughs> Humans are complicated. Humans make me uneasy. And if you follow that feeling and isolate yourself, it will make you a miserable human being. One of the most amazing discoveries I ever came across was Thomas Jefferson writing about how his tendency was toward introversion and he liked to be alone, but he realized if he indulges that too much, it makes him weird and angry. And I thought, wow, TJ, me too. So he got himself a slave gal, pal. Oh, always with the slaves with you. The entirety of the man's work is life. 
his contribution to the entire modern world. Not overlooking slavery, but come on, he lived in Virginia. And that reminds me, did you see the story over the weekend about Lewis and Clark? Did you follow that? I thought it was really interesting. I heard they died. Is that the story? You know Lewis and Clark, did you learn about them in school? The uh, explorers or because no, they were white men. The explorers. Somebody did a long documentary, multi-part on Lewis and Clark. Did Ken Burns do one of those? or It's about Jerry Somebody Lewis did. and Dick Clark, if you're not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 1950s comedy and music show. Lewis and Clark, who, speaking of Thomas Jefferson, he sent them out after the Louisiana Purchase, and we expanded America so much, to explore the, the, the rest of the country. Hey, fellas, what's out there anyway? Nobody knows, Mr. President. And they set off in 1806, I think, so I think from 1806 to 1809, something like that, in that range. They, uh, they, they explored uh, the rest of the country, taken off from a St. Louis, if I remember correctly, going all the way to... Oregon? Oregon? Yeah, I believe and, so. Uh, and Saw a lot of rivers, a couple of bears, an Indian or two. Hey, what did we just buy? Go find out. <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> I hear it's nice. Good Lord, another river? They write. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay, I get it. Trees. Trees. Plains um, now. Plains. But when I was a kid, uh, Lewis and Clark were American heroes, and uh, you know, isn't this cool? And it was all it was all happy, happy, good, good, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, um, it was an astounding adventure. Absolutely amazing. One of the great adventures in the history of the Earth, with all this, you know, uh, almost un- practically unoccupied territory. Mm-hmm. I realize there were people here, but not very many people. There's right. a lot of open spaces. Oh yeah. And they went out there and encountered all kinds of amazing things. Well, the, one of them was at Lewis or Clark. It doesn't really make any difference, I suppose, unless you're him. Um, he had this slave friend with him that wasn't part of my story in school. And is the slave, uh, he came from a family of uh, slave owners. And this particular slave and him had been together since they were both little boys. And they were kind of friends as kids. Mm-hmm. And then the slave just became you know, his slave and servant throughout the years and traveled with him on the trip. And uh, was very, very helpful. Did all kinds of things, communicating with Indians and figuring out how to ford rivers and all these different things. And when they got back, this slave of his said, you know, after all that and all the help and everything like that, could you set me free? I'd really like to do that. And, and Clark said, no, not going to do that. I need, I need your work. And then he said, well, can you at least let me, you know, sell me to somebody else or something so I can go to St. Louis where my wife is so I can be with my family. Mm-hmm. No, I need you here. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, and, not cool. Uh, and then, wow. and then... Um, uh, so he, he got, uh, kind of depressed and down his slave friend and Clark writes in his diary. This, all this stuff came out fairly recently or wrote in letters to his brother. I gave him a good beating. I beat him enough that he finally came around to start to work really good again. Wow. He's starting to work really good. And that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty rough stuff. Oh, so, you know, there are William and Clark, uh, I mean, there are Lewis and Clark universities and books Mm -hmm. and songs and mascots and teams and all sort of stuff like that. I just don't know what we do with some of that American history. Yeah, Well, it's one of those love the art, not the artist things, you know, uh, love the achievement and and what it discovered in the rest of it. And and you just well, and, and you have to understand. The the era. And that's not to excuse her to say that makes it okay, but you have to understand it. No, thank it, you to one of my children, but is there a reason maybe I'll try that next time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get off my radio show. Stop it. Stop it. That was um, weird. There are things that are happening right now that you, the woke, you, the progressive, you, the enlightened, are doing that in 50 years will be seen as abhorrent 
inexcusable. I promise you that. It's the history of mankind. Um, and so you have to grant some level of understanding to people, uh, you know, from back in the day. They lived in a different world with different morals and different scientific and religious messages and the rest of it. Don't make it right. But you can't, I mean, Lewis or Clark, whichever one it was, was not doing it in 21st century America. They were not doing those things. Very um, rough. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. I think everybody owes it to themselves to do some serious reading about the true nature of slavery and the way discipline was maintained on the plantations oh, yeah, and this, whatever. This particular the, the, the story was, was That's brutal. heartbreaking. Oh, oh, yeah. It's absolutely oh, yeah. heartbreaking oh, yeah. and humiliating and, and a hundred other things. Yeah. Wow. That uh, brought me down. I it was great, but it brought me down. I think it's really interesting trying to figure out how you get, how you deal with that. How do you teach it in school? Do you still have, you know, there are, how many Lewis and Clark statues are there in this country? There's a ton of them. I know stretching across their entire trail. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not for tearing them down, but do you include a plaque there? Do you include that information? Do you not? I don't know. I don't no. actually know the answer. No, to that. I don't think so, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because I have a pretty good idea of that part of history that i think are you hiding it from kids if you don't have that information there is that a bad thing i don't actually know the answer to this it's a really interesting discussion normally it takes place people screaming at each other and right. not listening and, which and, is a and, shame but, and my side is obviously true yeah but one thing that i think we can all be united on and celebrate is the fact that michael avenatti is in jail he is as of now yeah oh well. he was uh, accused of violating his parole agreement and so the good folks in New York reached out to good folks in California and said, hey, you know that bald-headed fraud who is briefly a Democratic frontrunner for the president who turns out to be a girlfriend-beating, porn star-stealing allegedly cable news-baiting piece of human filth? Do you mean Avenatti? Yes, that's the guy I'm talking about. Can you take him into custody, please? And sure enough, Corruptifornia did. A few more details on that and other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mentioned this the other day. Michael Avenatti was trying to um, keep information out of court that was going to make him look worse to jurors. And that he was $15 million in debt when he tried to extort Nike, which is what he's being accused of. Having ripped off all his clients for every dime that he had of theirs... He turned to corporate America and tried to screw them. And he was the uh, the hero to women all across the nation as he was taking on Donald Trump with Stormy Daniels at his side. He's just trying to help a hardworking single mom who got wronged by the evil president of the United States. But then he actually stole from her, actually stole from the single mom that he was standing next to. Well, and he was also her porn promoter, and she slept with Trump to get a gig on TV. But he is such a horrible human being. Anyway, he's in jail now is the reason I bring it up again. Um, uh, trying to hide a million dollars from one of his ex-wives and other creditors. He's $15 million in debt with his Ferrari, his yacht, and his own plane that he had purchased. Oh. <clears throat> All in credit, I assume, because he never had the money. No, I, yeah, most of it's probably on credit. Who knows? You know, after he f- souls in their fucking yachts. Amen to that. Uh, he probably ripped off a client and was able to buy a car on in cash. And God, I remember watching Rachel Maddow one night when she said, and we have Michael Avenatti coming up. He promises breaking news. 
a big development, and, and she had him on, and he had some nothing burger, and you could tell she was pissed off oh. that Rachel Maddow was like, and that is the sum total of what you have here? I mean, yeah. uh, he had nothing. He was just getting on cable news on a regular basis, trying to raise his profile. And frequently mentioned as a possible candidate to run against Trump. Yeah, weird times. Hilarious. By the uh, sages of the news business you're supposed to listen to every day. Jack, compelling new evidence that your cat might eat your corpse. <laughs> uh, the answer, would it eat your... Well, the answer, and I love the sentence, according to a small but growing body of scientific literature, so there are scientists in the world who, for some reason, are studying whether your cat would eat you. How they study it, I'm not even sure I can tell you. But this is always the situation where you live alone, you got a pet, you die, they don't get fed for a while, and then they decide to They're start, starving. They eat you. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Number one, the, the way they figured these things out is you're not, you're gonna think I made this up. You're gonna think, A, I'm psychotic, and B, I made it up. But it's, it's true, and I'll tell you that right after Why the break. are they studying it is a question. But here's here's your fun fact. The cats really seem to go for arm tissue. Oh, God. Jeez. What? 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 The Why? tender, tender arm. Why did you tell me it's that? It's like a chicken wing. They probably put hot sauce on it. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tom Spire did go on to say that he thinks being commander-in-chief is more about judgment than experience. And I'll be honest, in that, I agree. Because here's my thing. Every candidate makes it sound like they're experts on the military, when in reality, the generals give the president options, and the president just picks one. I don't care which president it is. Like even Trump, when they conduct these operations, they give him options, and then he picks. He's not planning the operation. He's not there like, okay, Alpha Team, you're going to go in love. And then pew, pew, pew. Then the bad guys over the top. Then the grenade. And then you're going to be like, bah, 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 bah. And then I'll jump in and I'll be like, take Eric, take Eric. And then we all win. We all win. That's not happening. So I liked his premise, just having watched the debate last night. Yeah, I took a bullet for you. Jeez. Kill me. Do we still have that clip? Kill me. The debate. Kill me. Uh-huh. It just un, uh. kill me. But so the various <laughs> candidates up there, and I've thought this was dumb since I was a little kid. With their claiming to know this and that and expertise and this and that, that's not the way it works. And I've been to Afghanistan and Iraq twice. Okay, great, <laughs> great. That doesn't mean you would make a better decision than me, right? On uh, on whether or not we got to take out Soleimani. You just wouldn't. And I remember when Trump got beaten up for not knowing what the Cuds force was. Doesn't make any difference. You become president. They'll explain all this to you. Take it like a half hour. Right. It's a bunch of bad guys who do this, and this is what they did recently, and we need to decide whether or not we're going to take them out. It's all about judgment. You know, I'm, I'm frantically and looking. You're not drawing up battle plans, as uh, Trevor Noah just suggested. Yeah. Where is that? I, I've got my giant stack of stuff. Ideas to talk about today, and I came across this HuffPo article, and the long and short, this HuffPo writer was angry because the stupid CNN moderators were asking every question from the perspective of moderate Democrats about how can you propose this? It would wreck the country. Instead of thinking big, 
And I thought, well, okay, number one, whoever wrote this article, I think you're a cuckoo nut and your policies would never work. But I was gratified because we've been talking about this for a long time and we're virtually alone in this. The Republican Party always allows CNN and, and NBC to run their debates and every question comes from a progressive perspective. How can you turn poor people away when they need food? You've talked about reducing the food stamp rolls. I mean, every perspective, or every question, rather, is written from a perspective of, you're wrong and you're evil. How the hell can you justify it? And I thought it was kind of funny mm. that they were pissed off that the moderators were way too moderate and were, were putting their candidates in a bad spot, having to fend off questions about the budget. Stuff like that. Oh, I followed that on. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, interesting thing, and I don't want to get off track here, but I'll have to dig it up on um, one of the worst things that ever happened to uh, liberals in the Democratic Party is Twitter and social media and oh, how yeah. that misled so much of the party and continues to mislead so much of the party as to the number of people that think certain things. And Kamala Harris even said that some of her people on her staff said we got kind of fooled by twitter as to how much people care about this or that mm-hmm. and um and that, that's true it's really interesting yeah yeah indeed so i again just now people are waking up to that which i think is probably a good thing particularly from a, a republican's point of view so but speaking your, of being eaten by your cat right <laughs> <laughs> so listen um i hesitate to bring this to you do you i do you can tell i'm hesitating there are researchers out with a recent paper describing cats eating you after you're done. Why? Why is I anybody looking into this? No. They were doing this intentionally, and this is sickening. I'm, I'm getting like it's a sickening. The, the like my breakfast is moving north. As I, I, I can feel it kind of at the bottom of my esophagus. It's trying to climb out of me. Because this is sickening. I remember doing the stories like this years ago when I, when I first became aware of the phenomenon. It'd be in the newspaper back when we'd like you know read newspaper articles. Sure, yeah. and there, there'd be some oldster who who passed away, and they're there for a couple of days, and pretty soon their pets start eating on them. Well, the pet was starving. Yeah, it's obvious. But, and it sounds ho- horrible, but, but it is. It, it's it's terrible and it's sad and it's tragic. And you think of the pet and the rest. It's 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 bad. But here's the reason I bring this to you because I I was so astounded. To learn this, I figure you might be too. They figure this out, Jack, not through that sort of story in the newspaper. They're doing it on purpose at Colorado. They're killing people. <laughs> well, but they're bad people. <laughs> they have it coming. Oh, okay. They're on a list. Both of the people who they did this with were donated to Colorado Mesa University's Forensic Investigation Research Station, the kind of facility wow. commonly known as a body body farm. So I donate my body to science. Exactly. It's not my eyeballs go to a blind person or liver to a drunkard or anything <laughs> or they like that. study cancer to prevent it in future generations. You figure out which part of you your cat eats first. No, I tell you what. Hey, hey, hey. We need somebody's bodies. Let's see. They said they want to prevent muscular dystrophy in the future. Well, that's nice, but we're going to see what part of a cat eats first. That's right. You donate your body to science, and this college is going to use it for bizarro what pets munching on you experiments. So, so I assume there's no other way to do this than, than to put your dead body in a room, 
with a cat that you don't feed until he gets so flipping hungry that it starts to gnaw on you. Well, if that's, the cat's full, it's not going to, Jack. Well, right. You've got to make sacrifices for science. You can't have a bowl of Kittles there next to the body and wait until they just, you know, right. out of, out of a, a desire for variety. Right. Right. <coughs> you're not putting the corpse on a buffet table, is what you're saying. Listen to this. This explains it, although, again, again, if I find out I donate my body to science and you do this with it, I'm going to haunt you. But scientists and students document what happens, and their findings help law enforcement, coroners, and medical examiners determine what is natural that happens to a body and what is not. So they can what? Are they trying to figure out if there was foul play? Well, yeah, yeah the overall investigation, it's like uh, rigor mortis or... Listen, and again, this is gross, but there are little bugs that that return you to the earth. They're known as magots in French. <laughs> I hate the word. I hate the word for this it insect. Is, it is pretty gross. As much as I hate what they do, although what they do is incredibly important. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and the humble maggot helps you along that that ride, that natural Elton Johnian circle of life, if you will. So, yeah, I, but the, the presence of magos is evidence for how long you've been gone, etc. So it, mm-hmm. it's going to help. It nails down the time of death and helps maybe bring bad people to justice. So it's a good mm-hmm. thing. But the place where they do this research is surrounded by a 10 foot high razor top razor wire top fence extends two feet underground to keep large animals and burrowing ones out. But occasionally they say prairie dogs uh, pop up into the building. Luckily, they're not hungry for you, and they just ignore it. Uh, but they're always on the uh, lookout for animals. Let's see anything. Uh, anything else? There's not another radio show that got onto this topic, and probably for good reasons. Remote cameras at the facility, which oh, is he's far still going. It's it's, <laughs> it's close to a landfill where feral cats live. Had previously captured cats wandering among the grasses inside the gates, but during a routine scan of images, a student gasped at the sight of one feline that turned up in late 2017 and another that came a few months later. Uh, these cats, one black, one striped, in case you're wondering, uh, weren't wandering around the facility. They were eaten. They were eaten the people. The worrisome part isn't that they... You know, you're worried it. your cat's going to eat you. And uh, you know. Interesting. I don't actually own a cat, but we can get to that later. Uh, not that the cats eat the, the the deceased, but what happens once they get a taste for human blood? <laughs> well, you think they're unstoppable then? Yeah, yeah. What if, what if we're just the most delicious thing they've ever had? <laughs> At the risk of running off the 1% of the audience that's put up with this <laughs> to this point, um, there were a, a buffet, according to this article, of more than 40 bodies to choose from, but each wow. of those two capses, uh, cats rather, kept returning to the same corpse. It had selected again and again, one almost nightly for 35 nights straight before they figured out what was happening. So this cat, both cats picked out their favorite. Some of us are more delicious than others, apparently. Um, Did those people eat like more tuna in their life or something? Or? Right. I don't know. There's one more sentence in this. I will not bring you. I will not read it. Well, I good. Tell you. You've showed very little restraint, so I can't <laughs> oh, imagine. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what you think. I can't imagine that's what this is. That's what you is. think. That's because you haven't read this sentence. Here, come over here. Seriously. Come over here right now and give me your re- It starts with the word both, but it's referring to both the cats. This is the part I didn't tell oh, you. That's a bad word. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, See, I do have some restraint. I would like you to thank me. That's thank a me. horrifying phrase. Thank <laughs> me for not reading that sentence. <laughs> and people do that for a living. Yeah, I know. Study that sort of thing for a living. I'm glad there's somebody who can do that, but I don't want to. I guess. Um, interesting text about the West Coast bum explosion and what they think might be behind it or is being overlooked, and I think they're probably right, among other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This just handed to me from Sean. Burger King has made an offer to Prince Harry that they will accept him into their royal family. (laughs) Burger King. Tired of being a prince? You know, BK, whoever BK's ad agency or PR people are, they're really on top of things these days. If you're looking for a job, we have a new crown for you, says Burger King. (laughs) That is really funny. funny. It really is. Yeah, they they want him to come work there. He talked about getting a regular job, and obviously he is royalty already, so he'd fit in at Burger King. Listen, Harry, you play your cards right, you flip your burgers right. I'm thinking assistant manager within a year. (laughs) I just Which saw, is kind of like the prince. You're the assistant king. Uh, black comedian uh, got the Mark Twain Award recently. Dave Chappelle. Yes. Um, it's funny. That, isn't it interesting that your brain works that way? Yeah. That you'll be missing a detail, but you've got the other details. Sure. Fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, I, I hope to live long enough to see science really, really understand the brain, how it works. But I know, and, and you know, part of it is aging, is, is been uh, discussed many, many times, the whole senior moment. You can't come up with a name, come up with a word. If I can't come up with a name or a word, I can immediately come up with what vowels are in it. How oh, yeah. weird is that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know there's, for instance, in the name, well, you got I like know a one there's... one in five shot. No, don't be an ass. Uh, I know there's a short A in the name. 100% certain there's an ass Why does it work that way? I don't know. Sometimes if I can't think of something, I'll go through the alphabet. I've been doing this since I was Mm -hmm. a a kid. I'll go, ah, buh, k, duh. Right. And when you hit the right letter, it pops into your head. Right. So there's something to the filing system like it's a... Right. You got zip drives that you just haven't accessed yet or something. Yeah, but they're doing it. That's weird. There are three, four, five, a hundred elements that Mm -hmm. your brain uses to combine into a single uh, idea. And the old, uh, the access gets a little slow. But anyway, so Dave Chappelle endorsed Andrew Yang. I didn't know comedians endorsing candidates was a thing, but Mm. um, he uh, he's on the Andrew Yang train and I came across this today. Bernie Sanders was the most tweeted about candidate during last night's debate. Boy, he's raising the most money. He got the social media thing. He's at the top of some of your polls. He could be the deal. I, I had kind of just assumed he wouldn't be the candidate. He maybe he will be. But anyway. he will make George McGovern look like George Washington. I'm telling you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, who came in fourth? Andrew Yang, as most tweeted about candidate last night. He wasn't in the debate. Wow. And he beat out a bunch of the other people. Wow. The Yanger. I was really disappointed to hear he wasn't going to be on the stage. Yeah. That was one reason to watch a little bit. 
I mean, listening to them more or less agree and pretend they're disagreeing on, say, Iraq? Nah. I got this text, and I wonder about this myself. I really believe that the West Coast bum explosion is not a sudden migration of bums to California in the West Coast. Agreed. Rather, I believe it's homegrown. And what we're seeing is people falling out of the bottom of society, uh, not always the bottom, but with an extremely um, blah, 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 blah. You understand the point. But so, yeah, how much has that been looked at much? There's there's a lot of talk about, and this is true, this is happening. Other states are giving a bus ticket to bums and send them to California, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Nevada or, or, or Texas or wherever. Right. But how many are homegrown where we just make it clear, you know, if you're kind of struggling life and you like getting high or you just became a crack addict or whatever, um, we got a way to make that work for you. We've got a... We've got a net with the holes small enough you're not going to die. You can continue to be a meth addict. Well, like everything in politics, there's a lot of spin. Because activists will tell you, we found that 85% of the homeless in this region are uh, from this region. Well, there are a couple of things that work there. Number one, a lot of the bums and junkies, one of their best skills is knowing how to exploit the system. And they know that some places have more sympathy for locals than for people who just came in because they heard the benefits are good. So you have the, the recipients of the aid gaming the system. And anybody who works in any sort of government aid system is acutely aware of that. But a lot of your uh, your activist types, they pretend that isn't true. So it's difficult to figure out the truth of that. Also... It's it's undeniable that people end up where the benefits are the best. And maybe they came from the next town, maybe the next county, maybe two, three towns over, maybe from the next state. But, I mean, it, it, it happens. There's a reason Texas has a tiny percentage of the bums that California has, for instance, even though it's a very big state with a hell of a, a big population and less of a compassionate, and this is in quotes, compassionate safety net. Cost of living's lower, too. but Somebody just sent me this picture. This is the Starbucks. They said, can't sit outside at the Starbucks today because you got four uh, transients that have taken it over with a very large pit bull that are just hanging out. Obviously, they're not buying any products. Right. The police aren't going to do anything about it. Starbucks doesn't have the guts to throw them out of there. So public places and private places now are owned by the junkies, and right. you need to stay out. Just let it keep growing, everybody. Soon you'll have your utopia. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I swear to God, sometimes I just want to hear it. <laughs> hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. Wouldn't that be fun? It's Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael? Yeah, we talked about cats eating us. You know, if I'm on my <laughs> deathbed, I'm just going to roll my whole body in catnip, give Fluffy one last great meal. Exactly. No, le- no use care. fighting it. I don't care. Positive Sean, your final thought, please. Yes, I'm down to only needing to see two more movies before I see all nine that have been nominated for Best Picture this year. Still need to cross Jojo Rabbit and 1917 off the list. And what's your favorite so far this year? Uh, My favorite movie so far uh, from last year was Knives Out, but that Mm. wasn't nominated for Best Picture. No, you know nothing. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? This happens to me every day now. I've got it all ready to go, and then you ask me, and it leaves my head. Does it have a short A in it? (laughs) It's... I, I, I could I could do mine if you want. Go ahead. Uh, so all week I've been uh, glorifying the late, great Neil Peart of Rush, who passed away, greatest drummer in rock history and a hell of a lyricist. The best love song I've ever heard about real love between adults is a Rush song called Entree New. 
between us. One of the key lines is uh, it's time to recognize the spaces in between leave room for you and I to grow. It's an adult love song. It's really nah, good. You don't want that. You want Not to... pornographic, just like wise and you insightful. Want the, you want the junior high version of love only on the radio all the time. Do I? And the breakup. Oh, no. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the clicks are there. Our podcasts are there. Long form, the, the day-by-day ones. Uh, also, the clicks we mentioned, the articles, the videos. Oh, man, there's some unbelievable bum videos there. And you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Now that I've had my 12, let's get this party going! Right! Now we're ready! <laughs> now, we're, now we're lubed up! <laughs> Who wants to go to the bar? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.